0: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm really excited to have with us today a a very special guest, uh, Leslie Kalman, who is the CEO of Engineering World Health really a remarkable organization. You'll all be glad to know uh, more about it. Uh, Leslie, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Devin. Delighted to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about the, about what Engineering World Health does. Okay, so it's, it's, it, it's,
2: the elevator speech may take, you know, a minute. Uh, it, it's an organization that was founded about 14 years ago uh, to address the following problem. Lots of medical equipment in Africa, Asia, and Latin America is donated by very generous and well meaning charities and companies in the United States, Europe, and Japan. And then when it arrives there, there is a, it often ends up not working. And it ends up not working because one of the reasons is there are no trained technicians on the ground who install the equipment, repair the equipment, maintain the equipment. So if it's installed, it runs until it breaks, and then it breaks. Um, and then folks in the U.S. and Canada and Europe and Japan send them new equipment. It's sort of the equivalent of uh, buying a new car every time you need an oil and lube.
1: Yeah. So,
2: this is not a very effective way of, of operating, and it, it results in the World Health Organization is estimated sometimes as much as 70% of the equipment in a developing world, hospital, in developing world hospitals around the world is out of order at any given time. So recognizing this problem, uh, a couple of then young, now not so young, a couple of then young engineering professors, one named Mohamed Kiani, the other name Bob Malkin decided to start to send students to the developing world to fix medical equipment. They thought this would have two purposes. One or two results. One is medical equipment would get fixed. The other is that the students themselves would have an enormous learning experience which as their engineering students would result in their understanding the needs of the developing world much better as they grew into being engineers. So that program began what we call our summer institute, and we now are in four countries and send students for up to nine weeks to a country where they learn language, learn hands-on technical skills, because many engineering students are all about theory but are not very adept with a soldering iron or a screwdriver. So we teach them how to crack open a machine and how to put it back together. Uh, And then we send them in pairs or threes to area hospitals, some of which have no biomedical technicians on staff, some of which have some, but not enough. Um, So that's one part of what Engineering World Health does. And let me just throw one other facet at you and then we can talk about either of these. Um, recognizing that this is not a long-term solution. Um, so sending, sending students who are trained to fix equipment is a kind of a one-off. And even though we return to these hospitals year after year, it still doesn't give them the capacity that in the long run you certainly want them to have. So with very generous support, from a donor, who is the GE Foundation. Uh, Engineering World Health was able to start training in-country biomedical engineering technicians in five selected countries in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. So there, we set up a program in-country. Cambodia is one example, where we work with a local uh, technical college, and we work with the Ministry of Health. And we train people who are typically already working in hospitals but who have no biomedical technician training. So they might be the electrician. They might be the plumber. They're they're the maintenance folks. Uh, And we have done this or are doing this in five different countries. And they're creating a really sustainable um, change. So uh, a prime example is we started this program four years ago in Rwanda. We have trained 80 biomedical engineering technicians. Virtually every biomedical engineering technician in the country has been trained um, by our program. So those are our two biggest, our two biggest programs going.
1: Well, it really are a high impact program, it sounds like to me, and exciting work that you're doing. Tell us a little bit about why this is so important to you personally.
2: You know, that's a great question. I, uh, I am old enough that I've had many different careers in my life, and I started as an academic. Uh, I have a doctorate in political science. I taught political science and women's studies for many years at, at Barnard College in New York, and my specialty was understanding how change comes to developing countries. Uh, my particular specialty is actually in India. Um, and I taught college for 20 years, teaching about how people make change. And uh, then a lesson to young people who think their first job is their last job. After 20 years of talking about it, I really decided I wanted to go out there and do it. So I left academia and um, have worked in several different nonprofit organizations um, all of which are about improving people's lives, and I've ended up with a particular interest in public health, which is so fundamental to to people's well-being. Um, uh, and the engineering part is new to me. I am not an engineer. So, but what but what, what I love about working with engineers, especially after 20 years as an academic. Academia is so theoretical, and engineering is so hands-on, very practical, very immediate. Um, our, Our students often describe, you know, spending an hour and a half fixing a nebulizer or fixing an incubator, and then five minutes later when they're done, there's a baby in the incubator. A baby whose life may now be saved that perhaps wouldn't have been had it not been, had they not been right there, right then, doing that job. So there is tremendous satisfaction in in doing work that has such an immediate
1: palpable result. Uh, it, it is easy to imagine the value. Uh, I think for a lot of people, the idea of connecting engineering and healthcare is somewhat anathema. I mean, it just... it's nonsensical and yet uh, it, it makes perfect sense as we hear you explain how this works can you give us uh, some specific examples of your team and how they work and where they're going and, and and that sort of thing
2: sure let me let me just ask americans who might be watching this or europeans to think about when they what happens when you go to the doctor and The doctor hooks you up to an EEG machine to to check your heart rate Um, or uh, you have a a newborn who needs to be in uh, in an incubator. Um, You break a bone and you go to the hospital and you have every reason to expect that there's somebody there who's going to uh, know how to do an x-ray but that the x-ray machine is working And what you find over and over again in parts of the developing world is somebody will travel literally a day to get to the hospital where they expect to have an X-ray, and the X-ray machine is simply not working. It's just it's broken. It's not working. So the inability to deliver health care, it's so frustrating for the doctors and nurses in these hospitals, many of whom are very well-trained, um But who are trained to do work that involves machines um, and we here tend to not think about this at all because it 's so automatic that you know, of course you 're going to have an x ray taken or not to mention an MRI or a cat scan, but you know talking much more basic you 're going to go to the doctor who will uh, measure your blood pressure well. There, we Our students work in plenty of hospitals where there's no blood pressure cuff that isn't torn. Um, so they'll fix the blood pressure cuff. They will fix the dental chair so that the dentist can do his or her work. Um, just, you know, really basic tools that trained doctors and nurses need in order to be able to do the work they're trained to do.
1: Boy, what a what a difference you're making! Now, Leslie, you've had a, a tremendously successful career. You have got this figured out how to make a difference in the world. I wonder if you would just share your life lesson, what you, you, your 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 insight, your experience. How do people make a a bigger impact? Not alone.
2: Um, I mean, I think the short answer is, is you know, don't be a cowboy, um, and don't be arrogant about what you know that you think is better for someone else's experience. So particularly in working in different cultures, whatever those different cultures are, you've got to work with the people who you are hoping to help, um, because... Particularly, you in the developing world, you see over and over again people from the West uh, or Japan now, a very developed country, coming in with what they think is the right answer, um, without reference to local conditions, local people's needs and interests. So it's it's always got to be a collaborative effort. So recognize what you bring to the table, but recognize that's inevitably going to be only part of the picture. And, um, you know, cliche, it takes a village, it does. It takes, it, and it takes listening. It takes listening to what people's needs are.
1: Uh, that's great insight. Great insight. Now, before we go, tell us how people can get in touch with you. I know that there, there people will want to learn more about your work. They'll want to support you. How do people engage?
2: Uh, We have a a terrific website, Uh, another cliche, there you are, we have a terrific website. It is uh, EWH, standing for Engineering World Health, EWH.org, and there is tons of information on there about what we've been talking about, as well as uh, some of our other work with younger students. We also have a program uh, in STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math, it's all on the website. Um, and we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter at E-N-G-R World Health.
1: Right. Well, Leslie, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. I congratulate you on the great work that you're doing and wish you every success.
2: Thanks for spreading the word, Devin. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Let's do some good.
0: Thank you for listening.